this morning, we are starting the message a little late, but that's okay. And before we do, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for visiting us this morning. We thank you so much for the sweetness of your presence in this building. Lord, we thank you that we have an opportunity to surrender to you. Lord, I pray over the word this morning as we continue in our series and begin to speak on prophecy and discerning of spirits. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open, that our minds would be open, Lord, that we would, uh, Lord, that we would just be ministered to by your holy presence. Lord, that, that it wouldn't be my words speaking, but your words. Not my thoughts, but your thoughts. Lord, let them, let them have lasting impact in the lives of those who are here and those who are listening. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are continuing in our identity series today. And our identity series has been on who we are. Um, most of you will know this. I've already said it multiple times. I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it throughout the series because I want to make it clear that we are not a church that follows after signs and wonders. We are not a church that follows after signs and wonders. We are a church that follows hard after the presence of God and his purpose in our lives. Signs and wonders hopefully will be an effect of this, but they should never be the main focus or the only thing to attain. So the gifts, we have talked about this over the last few weeks, multiple weeks, and I want to go into really quickly, just a quick overview of everything we've gone over so far. Keep in mind that these are not natural God-given gifts. These are not natural God-given talents or abilities, and we shouldn't confuse our natural giftings with giftings imparted to us by the Holy Spirit. The gifts are irrevocable. They are given to you by God, and they will not be taken away. Romans 11.29 says that. The gifts are here for a purpose. What are they here for? Number one, they're here for the edification or the encouragement of the church. And number two, they should always, 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 big rule, always be used in love. In everything to be used in love. The gifts that we have covered so far is the word of wisdom, which is a supernatural utterance, which discloses God's mind and will and purpose in regards to a specific situation. The word of knowledge provides insight into a person's past or current situation, keeping in mind that it's not to condemn or belittle them, but to edify and bring healing into that person's life. We talked about the gift of faith. This is a special gift where the Spirit provides Christians with extraordinary confidence in God's promises, in God's power, in God's presence, so that they can take heroic stands that edify the church and lift up the body. The gift of faith, remember, is not just hoping. It's not, well, you know, let's hope it'll happen this way. It is a supernatural touch from God that goes beyond where our faith stops and goes into where God faith lives. And then last week, we spoke about the gifts of healing and miracles. Remember, we talked about the gifts and how a lot of times they're used in correlation with each other, and that they are sovereignly given by God. Remember that he is God and we are not. Amen? 
He is God and I am not. Right, honey? <laughs> Sometimes she questions whether or not I mean that. But, no. This morning, I want to talk about the gift of prophecy. You know, the really good thing about podcast is if I ever make a joke and it doesn't, like, deliver, I can just edit it out. <laughs> Nobody laughed? That's okay. Click, click, click. See, I'll keep that one. The gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy I want to talk about this morning is the gift of prophecy. Now, this is one of those gifts that people say, ooh, I want to hear about this one. The gift of prophecy. Please go to our first scripture. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 10 says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Keep that in mind. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. And to another, discerning of spirits. To another, discerning of spirits. This morning, I want to speak to you about prophecy, and if we have time, I want to go into the discerning of spirits and what that is. Please go in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, verse 17, and it says this, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Now, in order to be fair, and in order to look at this within context, I want to talk about what was happening here. Peter was referencing the prophet Joel. I said Joel. It's Joel. <laughs> Joel was here a few weeks ago. The prophet Joel. Specifically, Joel chapter 2 and verse 28. He was reminding the crowd that was there of what had been taught and what was now happening in the church. He was reminding them, do you remember what the prophet Joel said? Do you remember when he said, I will pour out my spirit on all you people? Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Do you remember when he said, your young men will dream dreams and see visions? Your old men will dream dreams, even on my servants, both men and women. Do you remember this? Because they would have been taught this. Do you remember what the prophet has told us, that I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. He was reminding the crowd what had been taught and it was the beginning of a sermon that would lead to 3,000 people being saved. It would lead to 3,000 people becoming part of the church. 3,000 people. Some would say, well, that was, that was for then, but not now. 
And to those, I would point to the words of Paul. Now, I want you to keep in mind who's Paul, who, who Paul's audience here is that we're going to be talking about. Paul's audience was to the Corinthian church. When we talk about the Corinthians, First and Second Corinthians, he's speaking to the Corinthian church. He's not preaching to the disciples. He's preaching to the church. He's preaching to you. He's preaching to us. He's preaching to messed up people who need a savior. Right? He's preaching to us. And he says this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 through 5. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. In about two weeks, we're going to be talking about speaking in tongues and interpretation and all that means. For now, we're going to talk about prophecy, okay? But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. We'll talk about that in two weeks. But he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke in tongues. We'll talk about that in two weeks. Right, Bobby? (laughs) I got to keep saying. But even, listen, I, I love this. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. Unless, indeed, he interprets that the church may receive edification. Now, like I've said already a couple times, in two weeks we will talk about tongues and interpretation of tongues. But for now, I want to talk about prophecy. I've noticed that in the time that I've spent in a lot of Pentecostal churches and charismatic circles, a lot of times the main emphasis is on tongues. A lot of times the main emphasis is on tongues. But Paul doesn't make that case to the Corinthian church here. Paul doesn't make that case to the Corinthian church. He says he wished we all spoke in tongues, but even more so he wishes that we would prophesy. Even more so he wishes that we would prophesy. And you say, well, Pastor David, that's great, but what is prophecy? What does it mean to prophesy? And it gives us the definition here. What is prophecy? What does it mean to prophesy? But he who prophesies, right here, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. That is what prophecy is. Prophecy is to speak for God from the mind of God to people, and in doing so, it will edify them, it will lift them up, it will build them up, and it will comfort them. It will comfort them. The second portion of prophecy is right here where it says, he who prophesies... But he who prophesies edifies the church. So there's two functions of prophecy. It is to speak edification, exhortation, and comfort to men, and also to edify the church. It is done vocally in one's own language. 
We're not talking about tongues right now. We'll get into that. But it is done vocally in one's own language that it is understood by everybody. So when a person would prophesy, it should be understood by everybody. Now, I want to keep some things in mind that these are not prepared words. These are not prepared words, but these are words that the Holy, Holy Spirit provides spontaneously. They're words that the Holy Spirit provides spontaneously. Mary came up. I'm going to use you as an example, Mary, because usually I would use Doug, but Doug didn't do this. So Mary came up and she said, uh, she had her hand out, and I said, would you like to say something? And I said, well, and she said, yes. And I said, well, what is it? And she said, I believe the Holy Spirit will, tell, will, will speak through me as I speak. Mary was speaking a prophecy. It is, a, it is something to edify the church, to build up the church. And you say, well, Pastor David, wait, wait a minute. Doesn't, well, shouldn't a prophecy involve, like, fortune-telling? Shouldn't a prophecy involve, like, you know, lottery numbers or something? I want to talk about what it is not. It is not fortune-telling. A lot of times people confuse prophecy with this. It is not making predictions by guesswork or imagination. It is not supposing, having a gut feeling or intuition. Some people have intuition. You ever hear women's intuition or a mother's intuition? Okay, that's not this. It's not intuition. It's a, intuition's a good thing, don't get me wrong, but it's not prophecy. Some things we can figure out based on circumstances, past behavior, gut feelings, knowing a person's personality, but that doesn't mean that we're giving a person, that doesn't mean that we're giving a prophecy. Some people would know uh, all the situations of people in the church, and so they want to speak something to the people of the church, but they do it just because they know their circumstances and they know their situations. That's not prophecy. Prophecy is when the Holy Spirit speaks directly through you to edify, exhort, and comfort men in the church, to edify, to lift up, to build up the church. Now, there are times where it will contain a warning or a blessing from God. But we have to be careful that we're not just, you know, spouting things off because we know somebody's situation and saying, well, I'm a, you know, I got the gift of prophecy now. I'm using that. What it is not, it is not fortune telling. Second thing is this, it is not, and I want you to hear me carefully here, it is not and should never be used for financial gain. There is people who will pay a lot of money for a comforting word from the Lord. And I believe those people have confused the word prophet with the word profit. If you want a word from the Lord, please call in and, and we'll give you a word. And as, you're, as we're giving you the word, please have your credit card ready. The word from the Lord should never come for financial gain. What it is not, what prophecy is not, it is not a substitute for your own relationship to Jesus. 
It is not a substitute for our own relationship to Jesus. Why should I pray to God for guidance? Why should I cultivate a deep relationship with God when these people will do it for me? That's what some people would say. Well, why should I develop a deep relationship with God when the person on stage will do it for me? To be dependent, and I want you to hear me carefully, to be dependent on the words of others rather than being dependent on God's word, that is called idolatry. You are worshiping something other than God. To be dependent on the words of others. And I want to keep this in mind. When I say the words of others, that includes the pastor. That includes TV preachers or evangelists or psychic hotlines or horoscopes or various means of attaining those words. Don't depend on the words of me. Because there are times where I will get it wrong. I'm a person. I'm flesh. I'm bone. There are times where I have to come back and correct myself. How many know what I'm talking about? I know there's some perfect people here, but I'm not one of them. If anything I say contradicts the word of God, if anything that I preach contradicts the word of God, do not listen to me. Listen to the word of God. Amen? The gift of prophecy, it is not condemning. You say, well, I received a word from somebody, pastor, and boy, did I, feel, I, I felt condemned. Not convicted, the Holy Spirit convicts. But the enemy condemns. The enemy condemns. The gifts are to be used in love. And I'm telling you, people's lives have been destroyed by people who thought they had a word from the Lord and gave it to somebody, but they did not do it in love. The words from the Lord, they were full of condemnation. And I would say this, that those words are not from the Lord. That those words were not directed by the Holy Spirit. They were directed by either two things. The person's flesh. When I say the person's flesh, I mean their own mind, their own will, their own emotions. Or directed by the enemy. I remember being in a, in a service one day, and a young man, I was in college, and a young man was called out in front of the entire college because this person had a word for this young man. And the word was that he struggled with pornography in front of the entire college, that he struggled with lust in his mind. It was not done in love. It, if the person giving the word was receiving it wrong or out of their own flesh or whatnot, it was destroying this person's life. We have to remember that if you feel like you have a word from God for somebody, that it is to be in love. If you feel like you have a word of God for, and, and I want to make this very clear, that we can, that we are all gifted by being able to prophesy into people's lives. 
You say, what do you mean? We're gifted with being able to prophesy into people's lives. That we are gifted to edify, exhort, and comfort men and women. We are gifted to edify, exhort, and comfort men and women. Amen? It is to be used in love. Please use it in love. Sometimes the words that are given are given by well-meaning people. Don't get me wrong. But let your spirit bear witness with it. And if it doesn't bear witness with it, just let it go. It doesn't mean you have to receive everything they give you. Amen? I want to be careful about this one. It is not the office of the prophet. The gift of prophecy, because you're used in the gift of prophecy, does not mean that you are in the office of the prophet. We are going to get into, eventually, the five offices of apostle, pastor, teacher, evangelist, and prophet. Okay, the office of the prophet. Just because God has used you doesn't mean he has called you to the office of the prophet. And I want to be careful with, because there's a lot of people walking around today claiming to be a prophet. There's a lot of people walking around claiming to be a prophet, but they have no authority to speak for God. They have no authority to speak for God. Now, I will say that there are legitimate prophets. A person that is in the office of the prophet. There are legitimate prophets. But that these prophets will usually have the ears of leaders. They will have the ears of leaders of a nation or a region or a state or a county. They will have the ears of leaders. They will speak with God's authority sometimes on future events. If you look throughout the Bible, you will see this in a number of true prophets, including Elijah, Elisha, Samuel, Nathan. Read in Acts about the prophet Agabus. I love that name, Agabus. He goes to Paul, and he ties himself up. And he looks at Paul, and he says, you're going to go the same way. He gives him a future prediction. He tells him in the future, this is what's going to happen to him. He had the ear of the leader. He was in the office of the prophet. But that is not the gift of prophecy. It is important to remember this, that when the gift of prof what the gift of prophecy is, it's always used to speak edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. And he who prophesies edifies the church. Amen? That is the gift of prophecy. I want to speak to you about the second gift this morning. Now, I'll be the first one to say, there's a lot more I could go into on the gift of prophecy. There's a, people's situations and circumstances. You say, well, I received a word from the Lord one time. What did it mean? Da-da-da-da-da. Was it a prophecy? Was it someone's flesh? You, we have to use discernment in our lives. Amen? We have to use discernment in our lives. That brings us to the gift of discerning of spirits. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1 says this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is John. Beloved, 
do not believe it. Beloved, I love that. Beloved, hear me. I love you. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. To discern, you say, Pastor David, what is discernment? What does discern mean? Discern means having the capacity to determine whether something is from the Lord or something is from an evil spirit or merely it's from the human spirit. When we talk about people operating in the flesh, someday we'll go over what the Bible says are the works of the flesh. That is a tough one. That is a steel-toed boots message where everybody better wear the steel-toed boots because when we talk about the works of the flesh, there's some, our flesh is capable of some bad things, right? Our flesh is, it's not the devil doing it, it's just our own stinking flesh, right? Our flesh is capable, I, I don't even need the devil to get in trouble. I can get in trouble all on my own. Some people, now I'll say, okay, so I'll say this. So to have discernment means to be able to determine whether something is from the Lord, from an evil spirit, or merely from the human spirit. Some people will claim to have this gift, will just say, well, yeah, I got discernment. When in truth, a lot of people are just very judgmental and very critical. The truth is they don't have discerning of spirits. The truth is they just have a critical spirit. And they just want to speak, speak criticism to people. They want to speak judgment to people. Not in love. And so they will say they have this gift when in truth they don't. See, that speaks to this. We have to examine our motives. We have to examine our motives. Are we jealous of the person that's speaking? Are we envious because God uses them but doesn't use us in the same way? Just because God doesn't use, you know, the same person in the same way as he does us, doesn't, you know, does it mean that something's wrong with them and something's right with us? And we have to be careful about this. Because there's some people who will say, I've, I've had people do it. Well, you know, I, I, they'll meet somebody and they'll say, well, I just discern that, there's, that they got real issues in their life. I discern there's an evil presence there. Now, there are times where the Lord will speak to your spirit concerning somebody else. And I want to be very careful with this. Examine if it's from the Lord. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are from God. I was talking to a person on a phone, and the person was telling me about a ministry opportunity. And as they were, he began to talk about a woman that he had uh, gotten in contact with that was going to be a part of this ministry. And immediately, as we were talking, I felt a check in my spirit. I felt a check, just a red flag went off. And I didn't understand it. I didn't push it. I said, okay. I'm just, I remember this. Well, we got to this ministry opportunity, and he introduced me to this woman. By the way, it's not here. <laughs> just so you know. 
It's not here. And, he, and, and the, the pastor introduced me to this, to this person, this woman. And, and, I mean, red flags went off everywhere. And it was, a, it, it was just discernment. It was just, I mean, just the Holy Spirit. I didn't know her from Adam. I didn't know her from anybody. But boy, I could see manipulation. I could see uh, all sorts of, I mean, just nastiness in this person's life. And so I was aware of it. And at times, it had to be confronted. And at times, the manipulation just, just jumped out at you. Now, I want to be careful about this. Because part of, uh, you know, when that happened, I could have said, well, you know, I uh, sensed that. Really, uh, I got that first. Boy, pastor, I, wish you should, I sure wish you would talk to me because I could have warned you about her. I could have warned you about this. That's not our place. It's not our place to gloat. We're not to gloat because God revealed it to us before he revealed it to somebody else. If we sense that something is wrong, we should be concerned, but we should never have this see, I told you so attitude. We should never have that. We should be concerned. And I want to say this. Um, you know, sometimes a person will say, well, you know, I just got a feeling about this person. Boy, I just got a feeling about them. Intuition. They may know something about their situation. They may know something about their circumstance. We have to be very careful when somebody comes up and says, well, I have discernment. And I know what's going on in people's lives. And I know what this is. And I know what that is. That's not, you know, it's gloating about those things. Be careful about that. We have to be careful about those things. But the gift of the discernment of spirits is given for specific purposes. What's the, what, are the, what are the purposes? The first is to keep the church safe from deception. To keep the church safe from deception. To keep ourselves from being deceived. The third thing is to judge whether or not a message, whether or not a message is from God. That's, that's where the gifts are used in correlation. So sometimes a person will try to give you a word, and the word isn't from God. The word isn't from God. And so because of discernment and the gift of discernment, we can determine whether or not that word is from God or not. And if it's not, throw it out. Don't let it bother you. Don't let it haunt you. Don't, let it, don't, don't bring it back into your memory at all. Just throw it out. I want to tell you a story really quickly. There was a woman. Now, I want, I want everybody to look to your left. Gary, who do you see? <laughs> everybody look to your right. Okay? It was nobody here. It was no, anybody that you've seen, looking left or looking right, look forward, look backward, you can look any direction, 
It's nobody here. But I want to make you aware of something. There was a woman who was in this church. This church. And she's not here now. She hadn't been here for quite a long time. I want to say that. But it seemed after every service, she had a word for me. She had a word for me. And it was not a good word. It was not a good word. And boy, I, I, you know, I, the, minute, the minute I saw her, it was like, man, there's something, something wrong about this. And as I would talk to her, it, my spirit just wasn't connecting. with it, it just wasn't feeling right. And as she would speak, she would start speaking a lot of negative things. And honestly, I just began to avoid her. And then I began to pray that she would not come through the doors of this church anymore. Since I started praying that, she hasn't. Now, here's the interesting thing. I was speaking to a pastor, a local pastor, and I wasn't telling him descriptions. I was just saying, you know, this kind of weird thing happened. And he said, well, does she have this color hair? I said, well, yeah. He said, does, does it cut this way? He said, yeah. I said, yeah. He said, oh, is she in this situation in her life right now? I said, yeah. He said, she did the same thing at my church. She has gone around this area doing it to, to several churches. Now, <laughs> the first thing I thought is, God bless, I hear from the Lord. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> first thing I thought, whoa, I got it. But we have to be careful with that. Because the second thing is this. Whether that person's being used of the enemy or of their own spirit, they're not in the right place with God. So we have to have compassion on their souls. We have to pray for them. Pray that they won't come in here and, and do that mess but pray for them, right? Now, some people will look at this and say, Pastor David, with all these dangers, why don't we just avoid this stuff altogether? Why don't we just avoid this stuff altogether? Why don't, we shouldn't let people engage in prophecy. We shouldn't let people engage in tongues. We shouldn't engage in anything of the supernatural. And I understand why people would say that. Or some would say that because they have never had any experience with this that it's not truly from God. Well, because I've never experienced it, it can't, be from, it can't be from the Lord. Some people would say that about prophecy and tongues and the use of other gifts because they've never experienced it. They'd say, well, it must not be from the Lord because I've never experienced it in my life. To those people, I would say this. Be careful. Because the Bible gives us very clear direction here as well. And it says this in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19. Do not quench the Spirit. I'm going to say it again. Do not quench the Spirit. What does that mean? Do not quench the Spirit. Do not try to stop what the Spirit of God is doing. Do not try to stop what the Spirit of God is doing. 
Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. But it also gives us a warning. And I like that. Test all things. Line it up with the word of God. Test all things. And hold fast to what is good. I love that. It's just such clear direction. Jenny, come on up, please. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. If you leave with something this morning, I want you to leave with that. Do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. Let the Spirit of God move in your life. Don't quench the Spirit. Let, let, let His holy presence just, just, just open yourself up. Lord, use me. Flow through me. Let, use me in these gifts. Use me in the gift of prophecy. Use me to edify, exhort, to comfort men, to lift up and exhort and build up the church. Use me in these things, Lord. Lord, thank you for giving me the gift of discernment. Lord, for, for letting me know when things are from God and when things aren't. For just letting, give me a check in my spirit. Give me a check where you know it just doesn't feel right. Where it's just the spirit speaking to you saying, stay away from that. Lord, thank you for giving us a clear direction here. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things and hold fast to what is good. Let's pray. Lord, I pray this morning that we would never quench the Spirit in this church that we would never quench the Spirit in this church. That we would allow the Spirit to flow. Lord, that we're not going to get caught up in goofy things. God, we're not going to get caught up in chaos. That you are a God of order. And Lord, I pray that we would just, we, we would just allow His presence to move in and through us. Man, we felt your presence this morning. Lord, thank you for the sweetness of your presence. Lord, thank you for the goodness of your mercy and your grace in our lives. Lord, I pray this week as, as we engage with people in our community, Lord, that, that you would give us words of edification and exhortation and comfort for them. It doesn't just happen in a church service. It happens where you are. It happens in your jobs and in your schools and with your families and your friends and your coworkers. Let us not quench the Spirit. Let us not despise prophecies. Lord, let us test all things. And let us hold to what is good. Lord, I pray this morning that you would bless them that you would keep them. Lord, that you would cause your face to shine down upon them. And Lord, that you would give them rest. 
In Jesus' name, amen.